0: blacksmith, you can pound it, and it will come into really the image you want it to come into. And I saw an anvil, and just pounding the enemy. And right before I saw that, I had a message from uh, someone's husband sent it, and someone sent it to me, about somebody we've been praying for in another church, having you know we're one body, Amen. And this person is, uh, has four-stage cancer and struggling and had a difficult episode. And I'll tell you what, you can either hear a report like that and you can enter into denial, you can enter into confusion, you can enter into fear, you can enter into blaming God, You can do a lot of things, blaming yourself, blaming others. You can get better, you can get bitter. But after I saw that and I was praying, the Lord gave me that. And we'll see how far we get in this message. Jeremiah 23, 29, God says, My word is like fire. My word is fire, and it's like a hammer that destroys the works of the enemy. A lot of people are in a place where the enemy is bringing destruction to them, taking away hope. But God wants us to enter into the reality of relationship with him. Amen? He's the only way out. He's the only way out. Um, I have a wristband that I, I wear, and it's called, it, it has on the wristband unfair advantage. And it came from a ministry of a man that was in prison no hope, no education, no hope, and he was uh, in a bad way. He came to accept Jesus in prison and began to see one, well, a few basic truths, the love of God and the power of God. And Jesus began to change his life. He just began to get in the word. The devil will do everything he can to keep you from the word, whether it's listening to it, reading it, meditating on it, and he started to enter into the word. And no money, no education, I mean, just a criminal record. And when he got out, he had some background in uh, heating and air conditioning. He started a business. And within about a year and a half, he has about a dozen trucks It. he's made a millionaire. How's it happened? It happened because Jesus is greater than the enemy. Life is greater than death. Victory is greater than defeat. The glory of God within the heart of God is greater than what the enemy wants to bring. Glory to God. So he came out with his wristband. He sent him an unfair advantage. If you enter into a place where you understand that life sometimes does not seem fair, but you've got the unfair advantage over what the enemy would try to do. Amen? So when life seems unfair, you can get bitter, you can get in denial, you can feel sorry for yourself, or you can enter in to just letting letting God help you. Sometimes the biggest prayer you can pray is just, Jesus, help me. Just help me. Glory to God, okay? So to recap quickly, we went over Hebrews 12, 29, that God is fire. We looked at the scripture in Malachi 4, 2 which is a, a very powerful verse. that's fine. It's right before Matthew, the last book in the uh, Old Testament. And it says that the day cometh, it shall burn like an oven. All the proud and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And that day cometh, shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. But unto you that fear my name shall the sun, S-U-N, of righteousness, arise with healing, in his wings, and you shall go forth and grow up as calves in the snow with great joy. You shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. And the day that I shall do this, says the Lord. Glory to God. Then he talks about the spirit of Elijah. Glory to God. Then we looked at Psalm 84, where God says, I am a son. Well, let's read it. Glory to God. Psalm 84, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah. It's, it's a very powerful psalm. And again, it talks about fire. It talks about fire. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It says the Lord God, verse 11, is the sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk up proudly. O Lord of hosts. Blessed is the man that trusts in you. The Lord of hosts is one that fights for you, empowers you, and brings victory to you. Glory to God. All right. And then we went into uh, other things that, uh, again, Holy Spirit and fire, Luke 3.16. All right. All right. So let's get more in depth in this. And some of this is going to be meat, a little bit spiritually discerned, but there'll be something for everyone, okay? Glory to God. If you're listening to this and you're a young Christian, there'll be things here for you. If you're you're an older Christian, you want meat, there'll be something for you. But there'll be something for all of us. We need to know who God really is and what he consists of. A lot of times people ask me, is it God's will to heal? And I always go back and say, that's not the real question. The question is, is God healing, and is he yours? Whether it's physical healing, emotional healing, is God healing? Inside the heart of God, that's what he consists of. That's what he consists of. And when you're confident in that, that's when life begins, because faith begins where the will of God is known and mark 525 to 35 most of us know this scenario the woman with the issue of blood touched him and healing went out of him when we walk by faith we're touching god we're touching god and life is going into you satan will say it's not because you can't see it yet satan will say it's not for you but it's going in you and i guarantee you it will bring about the healing you and I need. Glory to God. John 15, we know the verses. 1 through 7, Jesus talks about him being the vine and us being the branch. What's in the vine gets in the branch. Jesus died, so what is in him could be in you. Amen? Glory to God. It is imperative that we know what's inside the heart of God. Jeremiah 29, 11, a lot of people, I tell you, hope has been restored through that verse. I know the plans that I have for you, not for you to be harmed, but for you to be blessed. Jeremiah 29, 11, glory to God. Okay. All right, now here's where we're going to get, boy, we're really going to get into some things now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Psalm 103, go there with me and then we're going to look at Psalm 104. It talks about what angels consist of. Angels are very powerful beings. We're going to be sharing a lot more in regards to how they are meant to minister to the heirs of salvation. The Bible says in, in Psalm 103, 21, Bless you, the Lord, all you his angels, ministers that do his pleasure. And then in Psalm 104, 4, it says, God, who makes his angels, spirits, ministers of flaming fire. So, angels consist of fire. One angel, one angel will escort Satan into the pit and he will have no ability to get out of his grasp. One angel. Glory to God. But we're going to look how man is infinitely higher than angels. At the same time, we need to understand and appreciate the ministry of angels. Hebrews chapter 1 dealt with the heresy that was in the church that angels were greater than Jesus. And that, that chapter 1 sets it straight, okay, that, Jesus, that angels are ministering spirit, Jesus Christ is almighty God. Hebrews chapter 2 deals with the heresy that angels were greater than men. And God dealt with that through Hebrews chapter 2. But at the same time, Hebrews, angels are awesome beings. Zechariah 2.5 says that the fire within and the fire without. We're going to look at this extensively. The fire within is the love of God, the power of Holy Spirit in you. The fire without is angels orchestrating things to help you in this life. Orchestrating things that are good. Everybody talks about demons, and, but we need to talk about angels more. They can orchestrate things that get you in positions of, of promotion, get you into favor. We're going to enter into a lot of this. Zechariah 2.5. How many of you have ever heard of Heidi Baker? I mean, she has an awesome ministry, her and her husband Roland. I mean, they've started almost 20,000 churches over the last 20 years. Kathy and I, Pastor Kathy and I saw her up in Ohio a while ago. A man at the end of the service, she said, anybody that wants me to lay hands on you for embarkation, go to the basement of the church. Man, we ran down there. We're the first ones down there because we respect her ministry so much. Great miracles. I mean, you know, bread being multiplied. I mean, you know, consistently. More than that, healings. I mean, amazing ministry. But a while ago, I mean, she was fighting a sickness, a bacterial infection. She ministers out of Mozambique, her and her husband, and it looked like she was going to die. And man, it was something that she fought for a while. And it really looked like she was going to die. It looked like there was no hope. And she fought this for a while, and there, you know, she'd get better than worse, and it was a bacterial in- infection that they had no antidote for. And uh, Man, she's praying, praying, and then she came across this scripture, Zechariah 2 5. Fire within, fire without. That a fire within her would enable her to believe, glory to God. And a fire without, she would never endure this again after she was healed because of protection, even from angelic hosts. And she was healed. The word of God's a key. Amen. So we're, amen. But what I want you to understand, this is where we get a little bit spiritually discerned, this teaching. Angels are amazing beings. Their spirits are made of fire. So what do you think your spirit's made of? And so much more. Jesus Christ is a consuming fire. God in the spirit realm is fire. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that Jesus is so much fire that the sun's not going to be needed anymore. That there is such power within Jesus that it's going, the light's going to go out, and there's no need for the sun because the fire within him will emanate and replace the sun. Wow. Genesis 1 says, We're made in the image of God. God spoke everything into being, but when it came to man, he breathed into man. A part of himself. Genesis 2.7. So what do you think man consists of? Our born-again spirit is made of fire. Now, there's a balance with this, and we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 4, which says we're in these jars of clay, so we might know that the glory is not of us but of him. Can you imagine if we were just in our glorified bodies and we were just fire walking around? Man, you would burn up every person you didn't like. Amen. Boy, I tell you, it would not be good. You'd be burning down everything. There wouldn't be any earth left, man. Well, I don't like them. Shh. They're not walking with God. Shh. They offended me. Shh. They're gone, right? Oh my gosh, it would not be good. One of my uh, good friends, a pastor, God was telling them, "You can have what you say, but it has to be according to the word, and I have to be able to trust you." And he was driving up to uh, Buffalo, from Central PA, and somebody cut him off. And he just said, uh, he said, man, he just, you know, said, what a, what a clown. And, and, you know, and he looked up. And this is in the spirit realm, not for real. And this guy became a clown, you know, <laughs> in front of him. And God said, if I let you have whatever you said, we'd all be in trouble. Amen. We need to grow to only speak what God wants us to speak. Amen. So there's a balance with this teaching but are born-again spirit. I don't think most of us know at all who we are and what we consist of. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, an individual, man or woman, they are who they think they are in their heart. The bottom line I want to ask you, who do you really see yourself as? What do you see that you consist of? You know, there are Millions of Christians, that they see themselves, who they are, what they consist of, through Romans 7, which really is depicting a man that's not saved, a woman that's not saved. The things I want to do, I can't do. The things I don't want to do, I end up doing. Well, that's not the gospel. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the person without God, the religious person. But yet so many people identify themselves with Romans 7. There was a young man I was discipling. His name is Caleb. He's a lawyer now in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We went around to Christian College and, you know, to a guy's residence home. We just asked them, scale 1 to 10, how you're doing? And about 80% said, not real well, maybe a 5 or 6. They're struggling with different things. And they all quoted Romans 7. Caleb was a tough guy, and he just said, And he started to get a little angry. He said, you got to see Romans 8. What you see yourself as, you will be. And the devil tries to get you to see yourself in the wrong way. He tries to minimize who you are, to degrade you, to put you down, give you labels that aren't true. i tell you what, we need to help each other and speak the right labels, to speak who we really are one to another. Amen? But go with me to John 3. See, this is a reality. As you think you are, so you're going to be. If you don't think that you can make it in this life, you don't think you can have victory, man, Satan's going to have a, it's not going to be a good deal. Jesus said in John 3, verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Holy, Holy Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you you must be born again. God is spirit. Sin caused us, our spirit to die. Jesus died so our spirit could be given back to us. The wind blows where it listens, you hear the sound there, but can't tell where it comes. So it's everyone that's born of Holy Spirit. Just like the Holy Spirit overshadowed. You know, that the shadow of Peter brought healing. When you're born again, Holy Spirit took out the evil nature within you and put in the image of God. If we can only see what that image really is. It's an image of fire. It's an image of the awesomeness, man, of God, the fruits of the Spirit. It's amazing who we really are. You know, in Isaiah 14 and Isaiah 28, it says that at the end of the age, you're going to see what Satan really looks like. And you're going to say, is this the guy that ruined my life? Is this the guy that uprooted nations? Is this the one? Because you're going to see him for what he is. But it's time to see him for what he is now. Not after the fact. It's time to see yourself for who you are now. Not after the fact, Amen. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Go with me to uh, Matthew nine seventeen. A, there's something that Jesus shared that a lot of people don't understand, and it's really important understanding this. Holy Spirit is fire. Our born again spirits are fire. Listen to this. Jesus says. In verse 16, no man puts a piece of new cloth on an old garment, for that which is put in to fill it up, taketh from the garment, and the rent will be made worse. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runs out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. What's he saying? Nobody could be born again Nobody could be born again before the blood of Jesus was shed. Why? Because before the blood of Jesus was shed, the Holy Spirit could not indwell anyone because he would, de- he destroys you. He had to have a place to dwell. Your born-again spirit is so strong, so glorious, so powerful that it is the dwelling place of God Almighty It had to be perfect because he's holy. Holy Spirit indwells your spirit. First Corinthians 6:17. Who's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. But we need to understand, he's fire. Your spirit has to be fire. Spirit to spirit, fire to fire. The amazing truth that God Himself can be in your spirit. It is infinitely amazing, dear Prince said. You know, if we ever understood that, we would enter into being a people, a victory, rather than a people, really, of weakness. He said, "The church is like a sleeping giant, but it needs to wake up. You'll wake up when you see who you are. It's the key. If we could only see, if you saw in the spirit realm and saw who you really are in the spirit, fire." You would never doubt yourself again. You would never doubt that you have faith. Because you have the fire of faith, you would never doubt yourself again. Never, ever would you doubt yourself. Years ago, when I coached uh, cross country, I would have the phys ed teachers, first week of school, run every kid, every student in the mile. And then I'd get the best times to go to these kids and try to get them out. There's one young man, he was a ninth grader, hated school, didn't want to go to school. And he never practiced. He ran a mile like in 515. Man, I went to his house. I said, you know what? You can be really, really good. And he said, I'm not going out. I hate running. I said, you ran a 515, you're going to (laughs) run. Long story he came out, he was literally the top freshman in the state of Pennsylvania. Unbelievable talent. But he didn't know what he had. The church is like that. We don't know who we are. We need to know who we are and who our God is. Amen? Whew, Jesus. And we need to know what God has in plan for us. If you walk in the natural, what you see, what you've experienced, how many times you've been hurt, what you struggle with, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus is greater than what you struggle with. Jesus is greater than what's happened to you. Jesus is greater than what you see. Because he died to be able to change what you struggle with. He died to be able to change what you've experienced wrongly, unjustly. He's died to change what's wrong into what's right. Amen? And we need to speak it like that. We need to do it. We need to speak it. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Mm. Spirit of fire. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Romans 12, 11 says that mm, we will enter in to being a glow on fire, a glow with Holy Spirit. Glory to God. What a verse. On fire. The spirit of fire to reign through us. Glory to God. Now I'm going to give you a balance and then we're going to enter in the more of just how glorious this this is. Go with me to 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians 4. Hallelujah, Jesus. It talks about being in these jars of clay. Let's look at this. hmm For God, verse 6, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Some translations say jars of clay. There used to be a really good Christian music group called jars of clay. But we have this treasured earthen vessels and jars of clay that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of ourselves. i tell you what. Mm, it is so important, amen, to enter into a place where you know who you are. Now, there's a dichotomy. So your spirit's made of fire and your body's made of dirt. <laughs> How's that for a dichotomy? Your spirit's made of fire and your body's jars of clay. It's so you can enter into a place that you have to look to God when these bodies, which, whose God is the five sense realm, are trying to destroy you through the help of demons and being able to say, you know what? This is not who I am. This is not what's going to happen. Amen? Amen. Man, I had uh, told Kathy, I was uh, watching Andrew Walmack. I, I, I've been so busy this week. I just turned on the TV and uh, I just ministered to somebody, a leader of a church, and just sharing with them, man, this is who you are. You've got to walk by faith and then, man, there's some things coming against me and I wasn't exactly practicing what I was preaching. So God dealt with me and I, and I clicked on the TV and Andrew Womack shared some really good things. He said he was in a, two situations. One, he was sick, and it didn't look good. And he said he didn't feel God, sense God, but he knew that the faith of God was in him. And he just began to say, I have the faith of God in me. I have the faith that can move mountains. I have a measure of the faith that created the world. With this faith, I believe God that I'm healed. He said when he said it for the first couple of days, nothing happened. It seemed like he got worse rather than better. But he kept saying it. I like the analogy he gave. He said it's like every time you say that, every day you say it, you dip down into the well and bring it up, and you drink from the well. Amen? Of who you really are, of the fruits of the Spirit. And I like it under this. You know, you could use your own analogy. It's just like, you know, there's different wattage with light bulbs. Man, it might seem dark. You confess the word and it's there, some light might start small. Maybe it's 10 watts. You keep going. Man, it's, you might enter into 200 watts that breaks the yoke. But you see, it's all unknowing what you consist of. And then he shared a time where at the beginning of his ministry, he said he came so close to leaving ministry and, and not going on in, in ministry. He's one of the world's largest ministries right now. He said, you have no idea how close I came. He was ministering on Galatians 5. He was doing a series on the book of Galatians. And he said, you have no idea how close I came to saying, I am done with this. He said, because the people that, the church setting, board, man, they were putting me down. They were not loyal to me. It's like who can I trust? It's like if I can't trust these people, who can I trust? So he, he was real close to leaving ministry. And God says, "You know what? You need to love. You need to forgive. You need to enter into joy of God." Well, guess what? When Peter, people are treating you wrongly, and things aren't going your way, you don't actually, you know, feel joyful. He said, "Again, I just confessed." The love of God's within me. I consist of the love of God because that's what I've been born of. I consist of the peace of God, the forgiveness of God. I can see destiny. I can see things changing to good even when it doesn't look like there's a way for good to come. God makes a way where there is no way. Glory to God. And he said things turned around. Amen? Glory to God. So we have a dichotomy. Man, we're beings of fire, but but we live in jars of clay. Glory to God. So we have to choose regarding who we really are. Every trial you have, everything God chose you to do that's good, you have a decision to make. Am I, am I this person or this person? Do I, am I somebody of faith or somebody that struggles with unbelief? Am I somebody of hope or somebody that struggles with... We have to choose life by the grace of God. Now, I get it. It's hard. Sometimes it feels impossible. That's why we live by grace. God will empower you. I've shared this so many times that it bears repetition. I don't like bringing it up, but, man, when I was the end of my junior year in college, my mom only has weeks to live from complications with spinal bifida. I come back from a Catherine Coleman service, which was amazing, Good Friday service. Man, that night I wake up, my house is on fire. It's a miracle. I mean, somehow we got out, but my mom died of smoke inhalation. And, man, I'm in front of West Penn Hospital. In Pittsburgh, they have a burn unit that's tremendous. And I said, God, there's no way I could go on. I said, I want to, but I, I mean, I didn't feel like I had an iota of strength. Emotionally, I didn't. But a friend of mine came down and helped me. It ended up being the best man in our wedding named Lou. He prayed with me. I said, man, I, I, said I want to. I just, it's just, I, I, I'm not strong enough. But when you're weak, you're strong because you look to Jesus. So he he prayed a simple prayer. I just said, Jesus, help me. And something, it was the life within me through my born again spirit by Holy Spirit. And strength came to me. Strength came. And at the viewing of the funeral, it just happened to be I was on the track team at Slip Rock. And they were running West Virginia. So they had to almost come right. By my house to go from Slip Rock down to West Virginia University. So the whole team came to the viewing and I shared Jesus. As an alumni meet, decades after that, people are saying, I still remember when you shared with me. God can turn what the enemy's been for evil into good. Amen? Amen. <sighs> the fire of faith. Glory to God. Let's see how far we get on this. Glory to God. Go with me, if you would, to 1 John. Mm, There's three things we want to enter into. We'll see how far we get. 1 John. Glory to God. Mm. I call this 1 John Expressway. 1 John 3, 8 and 9. It said, he that continued sins habitually is of the enemy, of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. That which would cause you to be weak. That which would cause you to be unable. He's destroyed. Because it said, who's ever born of God, born of fire, because God's fire, doesn't commit sin for his seed remains in him. He can't sin because he's born of God. If I have a seed that our plant that's an apple seed, thorns don't grow out of it because it's impossible. Because the only thing that can come out of it is an apple tree, right? If I have a seed regarding roses, a rose bush, I mean a fig tree can't come. What's the seed? It's the seed of your born-again spirit that grows and grows and grows under a tree. Glory to God. 1 John 4, 4, the greater one is in you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. 1 John 5, 3, and 4, I love it. This is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and they're not hard to keep. They're not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God, again, with the help of the Holy Spirit, with the life of Holy Spirit, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. You have faith within you. It can be covered up by disappointment. It can be covered up by wrong doctrine. It can be covered up by people's accusations against you and labels they try to give you. But I'm here to tell you something. When you know your fire and who you are, it makes all the difference in the world. All the difference in the world. Glory to God. Alright. Go with me to Proverbs 1821. Jesus. God's going to break something today in some people's lives. Proverbs 1821. Terry Smith had given, you know, we had this prophecy given to us, which is the basis of this teaching. Proverbs 18 21. The basis of the teaching was fire. And we saw fire coming out of our mouths. Proverbs 18, 20 says, Death and life are in the power of your tongue. They that love this principle will eat the fruit thereof. And I didn't tell Kathy, Pastor Kathy the vision that I had when I was praying with Terry and all the prophecy that came forth. And we're praying, what was it, like three weeks ago? And she starts praying and she saw Christians, man, there's fire coming out of their mouths. I was like, whoa, I, you know, man, you picked that up. And I asked her about four or five times. She probably thought I was crazy. I just said, what'd you say? What'd you say? Because it was exactly what Terry spoke. You know, there's dragons that aren't good that try to breathe fire. We'll talk about this false fire. But you are somebody. That when you speak, 1 Peter 4.11 says, if a man speaks, a woman speaks, let them speak as if God was speaking through them. Wow. In the spirit realm, see, in the physical realm, you speak, and sometimes you don't feel like what you spoke works. It doesn't look like what you spoke is working. But in the spirit realm, fire went out, and the God of fire is confirming you. And he's burning up the lies that come against you. Burning up the generational curses. Burning up the incidents of being unjustly treated. Burning up the labels that people put on you. Burning up that with this cancer within you. Burning up the weaknesses. This is what we're going to get into next week. It's going to be awesome. But that's what's going on. But how many people, and I've I've done this many times, you sense God or you don't sense God, but rather than knowing that you have a voice of fire, words of fire, did God not say, "Is not my word like fire. When the word which is fire comes out of your spirit, which is fire through the Holy Spirit of fire, it will be confirmed by fire. Everything in the Christian walk is about agreement. So now you got the fire of your born-again spirit, Holy Ghost and fire in you, the word of God put in you, which is fire, and now that it comes out of your mouth is fire, and then it's confirmed by fire. Glory to God. Confirmed by fire. Does it make a difference when you see this? Does it make a difference when you know this? Does it make a difference when you live like this? Yes! It makes all the difference. Rather than, yeah, I spoke, but is it really working? Yeah, but I spoke, but maybe God doesn't love me as much as somebody else. Yeah, I spoke, but I don't think I have enough faith. Yeah, I spoke, but. No. No. What you see is what becomes real. The entrance of his word gives light. Glory to Jesus. It's not because of our great works. It's because we've been born of God whose fire. That young man I told about that became one of the best freshman runners in the state cross country was. He didn't do anything to get that gift. A run, you know, to run like that. Or somebody has a gift to play an instrument. Somebody has a gift to get all, you know, be an engineer, to be with this or that. No, it's a gift. Life is a gift. But if it's not seen, if it's not cultivated, it won't do us any good. This is why we need to encourage one another. When someone's struggling and says, like, Yeah, I knew they didn't want God. When someone's struggling, it's like, yeah, I knew she'd fall or he'd fall. And when someone's struggling, you gossip about somebody because they had a hard time. That's not Christ. Man, if that was the case, man, the apostles all would have been gone. They messed up more than any of us. Denying Jesus, being prideful, man, putting themselves ahead of Jesus. But Jesus saw who they were. We need to encourage one another. Man, I see the fire of faith in you. I see the fire of faith in you. I see you have a heart after God. How can I have a heart after God when I'm struggling when I did this? Because you do. Because you do. You really, really do. And I see the end from the beginning. What's that mean? Man, I'm struggling with this. It's like I can't get out of it. But you know what? You will. You will. Sometimes it's quick, sometimes it's progressive, but you will. Glory to Jesus. So you keep speaking because that's the order of God. Well, I don't feel like speaking. Either do I many times. Believe me. But that's what you do. You speak by quoting the word of God. You speak by, first and foremost, by quoting the word of God. You speak through a prophetic, according to a prophetic word given you. you. You speak through lifting your voice in worship. God's given us songs. Man, I love that song today. Fire. Consume me. Bring in me. Take me over. When I don't have the ability, seemingly, just take me over. Jesus, he'll do it. All right. Let's look at a few more things. Devil's for real? We don't deny that. What we deny is his ability to read in our lives. The devil has false fire, they're lies. You know what? You never really did well, you're not going to succeed. Nobody ever really did like you. The lie that, you know what, you don't finish what you started. The lie that says, you know what, you're never going to get better. The lie that says, hey, things are great, but they can't last. I'm telling you. If they're good, they can last. It's a lie. It's a lie. And it tries to get in you, so it becomes you. So it becomes you. How do you get free from it? By understanding that there's something greater than the lie. By understanding there's something greater than the seeming manifestation of the lie. Everything that exists has a name. Everything that exists has a name. Certain sicknesses have the name of cancer. Anything anything of the curse has a name. Might be disfavor. Might be inability. It might be depression. Doesn't mean that those are struggling with depression don't love God. Don't evict. Anything in the enemy has a name. Anything of God has a name. He's healer. He's savior. He's baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He's Savior. He's Shepherd of your souls. He's he's Banner. He's the God who fights for you. The God of angel armies. He's the God who sanctifies you. On and on and on. We have to understand that every one of these names represents a part of that which God consists of. And we have to understand this. Every name that's destructive, that hurts, every name, whatever it is, contrary to goodness, is the name of something that the enemy consists of. God is light, Satan is darkness. God is health, Satan is sickness. God is ability, Satan is inability. God is freedom. Satan is oppression. God is financial blessing. Satan is poverty. God is the fruits of the spirit. Love. Patience. Forgiveness. Self-control. Putting others before yourself. Humility. What is Satan? Pride. Egotistical. Hateful. So what do we do? What do we do when it seems like his names are superimposing themselves on us, taking us a place where our lives are not supposed to go? What do we do? I'll tell you what many people do. Many people, they enter into denial. They turn to drugs, whether it's cocaine, heroin, fentanyl. Other people, they turn to perfectionism. You know what? Life isn't good, so the only way it can be good is if I establish an identity that causes me to be safe. God's provision isn't a false identity. By being overassertive, by being having a position, God's provision is entering in to the heart of God. That's His provision. <sighs> Glory to God! We've shared this before when Moses was giving out the blessings to each of the twelve tribes of Israel. He came to the tribe of Benjamin, and he said, your blessing is to dwell between the shoulder blades of God. Benjamin literally means in the Hebrew, one born from the right hand, one born of God, the one who sits at the right hand of God. That's our provision. But we understand this provision is so strong. We hear the word lust. In the natural, yeah, people say lust is like fire. I have a lust for heroin. I have a lust for uh, sexual sin. I have a lust for pornography. I have a lust for position. I have a lust for this. And it runs through their veins, man. We end up needing deliverance. Say But there's a lust of God. Anything that's of the enemy is a counterfeit of what God has. Hmm. Someone came to Catherine Coleman and said about healing, there's counterfeits. And she said, well, I guess that means there's a genuine. Glory to God. There's a godly lust. James 4, 5 says the Holy Spirit lusteth with envy, lusteth, has such a desire, it's like fire to manifest the names of the heart of the Father to you. Here's a neat verse. Man, I know if I'd, I'd go here, but go with me to 2 Peter. I, man, I, It's like, I love these verses. Mm. Let's see how far we get. 2 Peter 1, I love this. Verse 3, According as his divine power has given us to all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him, the knowledge of His heart, whose coldness to experience His glory, that's the fire of His love, His virtue, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these you might be a partaker of the divine nature, of the life of God, having escaped the corruption that is the world that comes through lust. Deception will bring lust to you. The deception. Someone's hurt me, I need to get back at them. The lust of revenge. Lust will destroy you. Mm. But see, how do you get freed from lust? By running from it? Well, that, 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 that's okay. But that's really not the way you get free from it. You get free from lust by entering into the lust of God. Then the fire of his heart towards us. I know this is strong. But I'm gonna tell you something, you're gonna want people to Jesus for real? Let's tell it like it is. You're living through a lie that causes you to enter into appeasing people, to appeasing your flesh, and you enter into lust therein and would kill people to satisfy your flesh. It's a counterfeit of people that love God and glory to God. They have such a passion. Because they've been loved by God, they live out of a passion that wants to love God. You've got the counterfeit, we've got the genuine, let's not play church. Let's tell it like it is. Amen? You want to walk in your lust and say, yeah, I'll accept Jesus right before I die, so can I, have, I can have all my fun and fulfill my lust. How many times have I heard that? A thousand times in campus ministry and sharing the gospel. I'm here to tell you something. You might not have that opportunity. But if you do, I'll be honest with you. Most likely, you sow to this. It will dominate you and kill you. We have a passion. The Bible says lust after spiritual gifts, doesn't it? Have a passion. Lust, zeal, passion, same words. Jesus came. Because he had a passion to die. He had a passion to die for you and me. He had a passion for his house to be a house of prayer. The Bible says the zeal consumed him to where he risked his life to to get the money changers out of the temple, right? Real revival comes. When we enter into passion for Jesus, it's a godly lust. It's like, man, I can't get enough of Jesus. I'm addicted to Jesus. I can't get enough of Jesus. I can't serve Him enough. It's not how can, much can I how can I get by? How much can I get by without losing my salvation? How can I get by? Instead, it's what can I do to minister to His heart? The minister to people I love. Wow, huh? It's for real. This is for real. And see, if someone gets this, and I believe you are getting it, it changes your life. Because it's not something you're trying to do. Please listen to this. It's something you are. Religion tries to copy Jesus. It's an artificial tree. Looks real. Every Christmas we go to my cousin Janet's. So I say, wow, it's an amazing tree. It's so real. Where'd you get that at? Says, it's the same tree you saw in the last 10 years. It's artificial. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Religion can look real, but it's not. It's not real. We don't try to duplicate. We are who we are. We are who we are. Why? Because the God of fire is our father. We were born of fire. And we live aglow on fire. Does the devil try to put it out? Yeah. But we speak words of fire that destroy him. Shh. Glory to God. We're in jars of clay. Man, sometimes you don't feel Jesus, sense Jesus. But your spirit of fire rises up. It says, I'm in you, this body, but I'm not you. (laughs) Amen. I'm not what I feel. I'm not what I see. I am who I am because of the I am. I'm fire. Because again, I've been born of fire. The image of God. And I'm not going to be put out. House on fire. That's what church should be. We all come in with our logs. We put them together and we have a fire. Nobody's better than anybody else. But together, house on fire. House on fire. You know when a house is on fire, you can't see the different parts of the house. It's just fire. When it's a godly fire, house on fire, it's not about people. Who's got this? Who's doing this? It's about the fire that emanates from all of us. I know this is strong, but this is the gospel. I'm going to ask you a question. How do you perceive yourself? What do you perceive in the context of what you consist of? Just flesh? Jars of clay? Trying to make it? Or do you see yourself as one born through the fire of the Holy Spirit, through the blood of Jesus, and are you now being of fire? Angels have a degree of fire. You have the fire of the image of God himself. Whew, man. One coal from the altar in Isaiah 6, and it took away iniquity. God wants us to enter into who we are. If you're listening to this and you're not saved, I'm here to tell you something. You can't save yourself because you can't get yourself out of being Clay! And clay and spirit don't mix. Say, right now, if you listen to this, Jesus caused me to be changed from clay to fire. I forgive me for trying to cause clay to satisfy you. I give you my life. If you're a Christian and you're saying, man, this doesn't seem to work, don't blame others, don't, even don't blame God. Enter into the, the, the truth that destroys the deception. That you're not clay. You're not just soul. You're fire. And the fire of Holy Spirit reigns through you. The fire of God is your life. It's who you are. I know this is strong and it's meant to be. This is what God, I'm meditating on. This is what was spoken you know, prophetically, but more than this, that. It's the gospel. Why do you need to be born again? Because God's spirit. And before you're born again, you're not. You may look like spirit because you're religious and you go to church all the time, but that doesn't make you spirit. You go in the garage 365 days a year, it doesn't make you a car, right? Nah, the only thing that makes you spirit is a new birth. But you have to understand, it's the spirit of fire. It's who you are. So we're going to enter into this more and more, okay? How to enter in the letting the fire burn up that which would try to displace the fire with that which is flesh, okay? Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Can you stand with me? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory. I'm going to ask you and Simone to come up. You can each say a prayer before we leave, okay? If you guys can come up. I had a few words of knowledge I want to share quickly. I had the name Doug. I don't know if it was the first name Doug or last name Douglas. It could be both. I was ministering somewhere up and I got a name. I wasn't sure it was John or Johnson. One guy sitting right in front of me was John. The other one was Mr. Johnson. So I saw the name Doug Douglas. I saw the last name Lerner. I think it's L-E-R-N-E-R, something like that. And the last name Durr, Durr. I think it's spelled like D-O-E-R, D-O-E-R-R. Okay. Shoo! Hallelujah! If that means something to somebody, again, the name's Doug Douglas, Lerner, Durr. I tell you what. He who the sum sets free is free indeed. Amen.